Hello and welcome to another episode of Bulldog Dialogue. I'm your host, Gardner-Webb University President William Downs. And today on the show, we're going to talk about music, marching bands, and some musical traditions that are feasts for the ears and feasts for the eyes. My guests today include Dr. Sarah Fabian, our brand new Director of Athletic Bands at Gardner-Webb University, as well as Jim Coates, CEO and Executive Director for Carolina Crown a world-class competitive drum and bugle corps based in Fort Mill, South Carolina. We'll explore their love of music, the impact of marching bands on campus life, and we'll find out which is more difficult, learning the musical arrangements or becoming experts in the high-stepping routines. We'll also get social with some Gardner-Webb online posts, so stick around for all that and a whole lot more. Dr. Sarah Fabian is the Director of Athletic Bands and Assistant Professor of Music for Gardner-Webb University, and we're very excited to have her energy, her enthusiasm, and her expertise as we build the Power Sound of the Springs, the Marching Bulldogs program here at Gardner-Webb University. Welcome, Sarah Fabian. Thank you. All right, so Sarah, we're delighted to have you on the show. Glad to have you join us just a few weeks ago as a new member of our faculty. Let's start with the basics. Let's start with your path to Gardner-Webb. Give our listeners a sense of your professional journey that's led you to Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Yeah, well, one of the the biggest traits that led me here to Gardner-Webb was my experience with Carolina Crown. Um, Back in 2009, I was a member that um, we were on base for spring training for about a month and a half here. Uh, I had a great time. The campus was beautiful. The facilities that were given to us, you know, I got the overall um, perspective of what the campus brought and how the student interaction and faculty were just so welcoming here. And it, it made a huge impression to me in, in my memories of my participation with Carolina Crown. And so when I, you know, saw that a position was open here, it was something that I wanted to uh, gravitate to just because I knew I could build that partnership or continue to build that partnership with Carolina Crown and capitalize on their being here in spring training and using our or allowing our marching members to see their expertise and and building and developing their show as well as you know just being able to work with them in the future in any way shape or form with high school marching bands or any of that so you know just being able to see the development of Gardner Webb from when I was here back in 2009 with the facilities with the growth of just the overall university and community was something that was very enticing to come here to Gardner Webb. So we're calling you doctor. The doctor yep. is new oh, uh, yeah. as of May. Tell us tell us about uh, the doctorate. Yeah, so I have a PhD in music education. Um, that is from George Mason University. I did a lot of um, okay. uh, research studies. Um, I looked at the aspects of how marching band and music education um, coexist together and how you can capitalize on those teaching um, effective skills. I did um, a lot of teaching assistant job positions and doing a lot of uh, teaching up in the Northern Virginia area, different local high schools and also colleges. So really kind of got my hands in every aspect of a collegiate realm in my uh, doctoral pursue here. And I'm finally happy to have finished my dissertation and finally graduated uh, in May of, well, just here on May 20th. Congratulations on that. So let's go deep background now. Um, talk to us about um, where you gained your original love of music. 
well, uh, that would probably be all the way back to when I was a baby. <laughs> um, my whole family is musical. My father is a jazz pianist. He played trumpet, all different kind of brass. Uh, my mom was a professional opera singer. So my upbringing, I mean, we had a grand piano, uh, so many baby albums you have. You can see my sister and myself on my dad's lap playing on the piano when we were just babies. And so it kind of started off um, singing, plunking around on the piano. My dad, I think, ultimately uh, just made a mini band with my family. Um, he noticed that I would start to kind of do a little beat and like tap my legs and everything when I was really little. So Probably around first to second grade, um, I started to get in trouble a lot with my mom because my dad would give me pots and pans and I would just <laughs> go to town with some spoons. So uh, just causing a ruckus at home. And so around the end of second grade into third grade, my dad got me uh, a drum set. And from there, kind of just wrote my story. Um, I've been uh, playing ever since, doing um, anything and everything that I really could. But my dad... Um, was kind of the catalyst into my drum realm. My mom played flute in high school and did marching band as well. And my sister went down that route. She was a fantastic uh, flute player. She did marching band. She ended up playing uh, mellophone and drum corps. And I marched with her um, at my first drum corps, which was Jersey Surf. And uh, I almost went down that route, but my dad convinced me to stay with percussion. And it's been awesome, just the opportunities that I've been able to do in the percussion realm. So Starting off there around, you know, first, second grade playing music, uh, I started on piano and then just kind of took off from there. I had a great uh, middle school director that uh, allowed me to have um, exposure within our concerts. So I would have a uh, little xylophone and marimba uh, solos out front while the band accompanied me, which was awesome. And you don't typically have that in a, in a, middle, school, uh, a middle school sense. Um, and then just going through high school, we had a very involved and developed high school. We had uh, five different levels of concert band, and we had a competitive marching band. And my director actually marched drum corps, uh, the cadets drum and bugle corps. And he uh, kind of pushed me into looking at that outlet. And pretty much for my junior year of high school, I have never stopped doing drum corps. So uh, just that development um, in, in my all aspects of percussion, whether it was a classical concert or if it was into the drum and bugle corps. So pretty well involved. Pretty deep history. So can you remember the first marching band you saw? Oh, the first marching band I ever saw. I, I know I went to numerous parades that my parents took me to when I was younger, and I did see a bunch. That, it would probably maybe be my sister in high school um, back when I was in middle school, possibly. But I do remember my first drum corps experience. Um, I was a sophomore in high school, and I went to a YAA camp, which was uh, from Cadets Drum and Bugle Corps, and went up to Allentown, PA, and they had their regional show up there, and I just remember uh, being able to play with cadets um, side by side, but also just seeing how well-developed and the performance aspect of drum corps compared to what marching band typically uh, is in high school. Just the overall production that you're given with drum corps, and um, uh, Cavaliers was something that really stuck out to me. They, my favorite color is green. So <laughs> with the black and green, uh, uniforms, it's red and black now. Well, I, that is true. <laughs> um, but you know, just being able to see, uh, just the amount of people on the field, uh, which isn't typical for high school. Um, now it's, it's definitely grown, but, um, just the sound and the experience of the crowd being involved and just, 
I mean, it was an overwhelming experience just getting that sound, the wall of sound coming at mm. you. Everybody was just so excited in the crowd. So it was back my sophomore year was that first overall, like, oh, I definitely want to do this and continue going on. So so let's think about that Carolina Crown experience when you first came to Gardner-Webb University. What, what do you think the greatest benefit um, you gained from, from that opportunity was? Well, I think my experience in uh, Carolina Crown has opened up a world of connections for me, building relationships. Um, it's allowed me uh, opportunities to be able to teach in different areas and different schools and the ability levels of students um, by having uh, marched under certain leadership and instructional staff. Um, my abilities here at Gardner-Webb, you know, uh, I kind of got to see the structure and the process of what it takes to have a very big production and how you can utilize a campus like Gardner-Webb and really uh, be able to develop a product. So I think that uh, my opportunities that were given in Crown allowed me to build my confidence. It allowed me to see, you know, the, the, the depth of what an organization like Carolina Crown could bring to their students uh, in learning uh, just their overall musical pedagogy um, and just building into their overall like musical understanding. So I think it's really important for people to be able to have experiences outside of their normal concert classic uh, or classical ensembles like orchestra or concert band um, and experience something out on the field because it's a completely different environment than you're exposed to being inside and um, playing those classics that you have. But you know, being able to build friendships and build those bonds with uh, different members of the ensemble and then getting to meet world-class instructors is something that has definitely developed my own personal techniques of teaching just because I've been able to be exposed to so many different instructional staff at my time. So so what's more challenging from your current perspective as, as a teacher and a director? Is it, is it the music or is it the choreography? And, and then reflect back on when you're actually in the band. Is it, <laughs> is it, is it the music or is it the high stepping? Well, uh, it, it's, it, I mean, it's kind of like a fighting battle, really. The, the physical demand that you have with the drill so I will say um, there is a technique that's called high stepping where the knees come up really high. And then there's more of a traditional core style that um, the feet are gliding across the grass. And that's mm. typically what uh, crown is going with. And I mean, you're just running and you're going from yard line to yard line and you're continually just physically uh, the demand that you're physically being asked to do is just astronomical. I, I know there's been like studies and uh, different um, physical examinations that they were wearing heart monitors and you name it, they've done it. And it's basically like running a marathon of performing in a show. So you have nonstop performance uh, running. And then on top of that, especially if you're a brass player, now you add, you can't breathe whenever you want to. Um, <laughs> there's times that the brass line uh, has to sit down and they go through a breathing exercise of, um, Sarah, you can uh, uh, play through this excerpt. You have to get to measure 13 and then somebody would start over so you have staggered breathing so that it just continually sounds like a wall of, of sound. Um, so it's really demanding on that physical aspect and then for them to be able to control their breathing aspects. And I mean, now you're going to put on um, weight for the drum line, they have 
I mean, at least 40 pounds of weight added onto them as they're running across the field. And then color guard, I mean, they're throwing weapons and equipment so high into the air, into the sun, into the wind and rain, and they just have to fight um, through that. And so it's, I mean, whether it's marching and now you add choreography into that and it's just almost all aspects are, you know, you just have to be top tier of of it all. Your music has to be memorized. The technique and precision that you go through, there's so much intonation, um, a rhythmic accuracy to it, um, just the overall ensemble development. And then just standing and playing, you want to perfect that. Now let's go ahead and do it while you're running and then have to perfect your breathing so we can't hear it or your feet through the horns. So there's just so many different aspects and, you know, you can go back and forth. Is it physical or is it the musical aspect? But you're really just developing your overall, your overall aesthetic as a performer, but then also as that musical aspect. So both of those are Piece quite challenging. Piece huh. of cake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, listening to that description, I think uh, these folks ought to be considered student athletes. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So let's cut to the chase. Cause I know most of our listeners um, would like to hear your answers to the following questions. So <laughs> there, there's the immediate term and then there's the big dreams for the future. Yep. September 1, Thursday, under the lights in Spangler Stadium. Football opens up its season. This will be the debut of Dr. Sarah Fabian's Marching Bulldogs. <laughs> what can fans expect to see this fall in Spangler Stadium? Well, I definitely want to get the crowd involved. I want to bring um, a big show to the stadium, you know. So the students that we have, we're going to develop um, a pre-show. We're working with uh, the color guard, and then we're also going to be working with football to make sure that that pregame is a big spectacle coming out. Um, just, you know, uh, vamping up the crowd, getting the football guys uh, really enthralled about the game starting. Um, our halftime show, we're going to try to throw some uh, – special tricks and surprises any way that we can. I don't want to give any spoiler alerts of what our show <laughs> may be, but uh, we're definitely trying to stick into the traditions of the the spirit games that we have. So we, I believe that first game is a blackout. Is. So uh, just look to see a little bit of a connection in there and really just trying to give, uh, you know, an overall performance that everybody enjoys and something that you can definitely tap along, clap along to and, uh, have a good time for a halftime. So can't wait. So, so you just arrived in May. Um, September first will be here in no time. Yeah. Um, so, what the band looks like in a few years may be a little bit different than what we see in September. Give us a sense, a vision of of your long term dreams for Gardner Webb's athletic bands. Yeah. Well, uh, anything that we're starting off bringing the marching band band back here. Um, it's all about growth. I want the students to feel like it is a family, feel like they are always welcomed, whether it's in an athletic sense or it's in a musical sense, and just giving the students uh, a place for them to grow as a musician in itself. And I really think it's important to build that family and relationship aspect. And from there, that uh, helps grow the overall community of our marching band uh, family. And I think we can definitely get our numbers into the hundreds plus. Um, you there know. you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. And um, I think with the community and being able to connect into similar of our local community colleges and just really just build that aspect of our community here, uh, the marching band can definitely, 
you know, bring light into Gardner Webb and definitely into our athletic events. And I'm hoping, you know, right now we're, we're trying to stick with football and then basketball, but, you know, down the line, I would ultimately love to have, you know, pep groups or something else happening wherever I can and splitting up uh, the marching band as need be in a pep band sense, just to, you know, bring camaraderie around, around the campus here. So I definitely think the marching band has uh, nothing but nowhere to go, but up from here. Um, and so my students that are coming in this year, you know, they're um, putting their trust into me with being new here and being able to help grow. So they're going to be our foundational group that really s sets off uh, students willing and wanting to come into the marching band. So, you know, uh, it's just capitalizing on my students I have here. And you know, I really think it's important to build that family and relationship base with that marching band because you're going to spend quite a bit of time with each other in practice and performance. So that's uh, something really uh, big. But yeah, I have nothing but quite, uh, uh, I guess, I have a lot of ambitions that are coming here with the marching band. So everything and anything that I can do, I'm definitely going to try uh, to move forward. And especially with your help, you know, there's quite a bit of things that I, I would like to ask for. So, you know, only there uh, can help build this whole program up. No budget request on a podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah. Um, final exit question is um, speak directly to any prospective students who are listening to this podcast. Um, what, what, what's your pitch to them? What, what do you feel are the <laughs> benefits of them advancing their collegiate experience, advancing their life by joining uh, the Marching Bulldogs here at Gardner-Webb? Why should they get on board? Yeah, well, uh, like I said, I, I think it's a great opportunity to be able to build relationships and build that family camaraderie within um, the marching band organization. But the, the campus itself, uh, the marching band gets to move in early we move in um, August 5th this upcoming year for uh, band camp. And so you're coming in early. You get to, especially as a freshman, you get to meet, I mean, you know, depending on how big your your band is, you get to meet so many different uh, people, hopefully build relationships and friends even before school starts. So that helps you out there and it gets you into different friend pockets. But it gives you an opportunity to see the school in a different light if you um, – you know, let's say you're not a music major and you're just going through the academic realm of your degree. You might not necessarily get to travel outside the university with a group or be able to experience uh, a football game as involved because, you know, you're with the marching band, you're in the stands, you get to see the overall development of the football team. You are what is bringing the light to the stands and to the the fans. So, you know, working with the cheerleaders and giving that like sparkle to, to the game really, it, it's really inviting and it's infectious to have. So just being able to have that fun. Um, I, I used to look forward to uh, all of my marching rehearsals uh, when I was an undergrad. All of my friends, for the most part, were in marching band and it was just a good time to go to rehearsal. And um, I didn't even really think about the time that I was there just because I was hanging out playing music with my friends. So it's definitely a good time. Um, the program and the music, I'm trying to bring something fresh and inviting. And like I said, going to have some tricks up my sleeve that we uh, roll out throughout our performances. But it's really giving the students uh, the best possible um, experience being in the marching band. They're going to have wonderful equipment. They're going to have wonderful facilities to 
be able to rehearse at, um, whether it's the stadium, we have our own practice field, which is very rare for a lot of uh, marching bands. And just being able to capitalize on that, we have a, a, a great relationship with our athletics and being able to uh, work with uh, performing in in the stadium and being able to build that connection. So the students, uh, you know, it's being able to come in, get a, a well-polished product. They get to build uh, friends and family that I still in, am in connection with. Uh, the people that I marched with in my undergrad, they're pretty much my best friends now. They're the only ones I, I keep in contact with here. Um, over the years. And it's just something that is really inviting and exciting. And it's a little bit um, different, non-traditional to our concert uh, program. So you get to play those pop music um, arrangements, you get to play uh, really exciting stuff. So just for those students that are uh, willing or interested, I just say, you know, just give it a shot. If you have any questions about it, please feel free to reach out. I can talk your ear about Marching Man all day long. So if you have any questions at all, I would be happy to answer those, whether it's what type of instrument can I play? You can play them all. I'll teach you anything that you want to play. If you're a dance person, or if you've done tumbling, or if you have baton twirling experience, we would love to have you a part of the group. Um, we can teach you color guard, which the flags go around, rifles, sabers. We also have a front ensemble. So Pretty much anything and everything that you can think of, I would love to bring to the marching band. If somebody out there has something of a great idea, says, I want to come into the marching band, but this is what I do, I'd love to have you. Let's sit down and talk. So there's quite a bit of opportunities that are present for the students. If you want to learn, I'll teach you, and you're more than welcome to come. What if it's pots and pans and spoons? We good? <laughs> we can do oh, that? Oh, yeah, you can play right on in the front ensemble. I'll get something for you. <laughs> Look, the, the, the pageantry, the sights and sounds of marching band, it's, um, you think of crisp autumn afternoons, yep. um, it's, it's part of the culture yeah. nationwide, but I think especially here in the Southeast, uh, if there are listeners out there like me, you, you hear a marching band play the fight song of your alma mater, Goosebumps. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't matter how many years have elapsed, goosebumps. It's yeah. great stuff. Dr. Sarah Fabian, thank you for being with us at Gardner Webb. Thank you for joining the team. Thank you for taking the time to, to speak with us today. We cannot wait. We cannot wait to see you and the Marching Bulldogs in action this fall. So thank you so much. Stick around, folks. After the break, we'll be back with Jim Coates, the executive director and CEO for Carolina Crown. How do you support Gardner-Webb Athletics? Join the Bulldog Club. What's in it for you? Access. Special deals on tickets, regular communications with the latest schedules, early access to tickets, special Bulldog Club gear, and most importantly, you get to support our student-athletes. Go to GardnerWebb.edu and search for Bulldog Club and join today. Welcome back to Bulldog Dialogue. I'm Gardner-Webb University President William Downs. We've been fortunate to be the home for Carolina Crown spring training for several years on our Bowling Springs campus. The sounds of percussion, horns, marching feet echo throughout the community every year. People come from miles around just to watch this group perform on our campus. 
For this segment of Bulldog Dialogue, we welcome Jim Coates, Executive Director and CEO for the nationally award-winning Carolina Crown. Jim, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here today. And for those who may not be familiar with Carolina Crown, how would you describe who you are and what your organization does? Well, it's a pleasure to be here, number one. Uh, number two, our organization is a uh, basically at our base roots, a youth performing arts organization. We specialize in, um, we're called a drum, drum corps. We specialize in brass instruments, um, percussion instruments, and then an auxiliary, which is a color guard, as some would know it as, um, uh, that uh, put a performance together, a 15-minute performance that we take on a national tour every year. Um, and uh, we use Gardner-Webb as the preparation to make that happen, put the, put the design team works all year long to create this production. Production is 15 minutes. We have about, we have 165 performers that audition for us over the winter months. Um, come from, it's about 1,000, 1,200 students audition for us, predominantly university age students or just about coming out of high school. Um, and uh, we select it down to 165 that we can take on the road with us which we do for eight weeks in general. And we um, go all the way out across the U.S., goes out to California some years, if not stay east of the Mississippi from Chicago area all the way down to Texas and uh, back up the East Coast. And we end up in Indianapolis every year. And there's about 20 organizations similar to us that do the same thing from different parts of the country. And we meet up in in Indianapolis for what we consider our Grand Nationals Championships. Um, and uh, that's how we, we go about doing this. And give us some history on the partnership with Gardner-Webb. How long have you been coming to our campus? And, you know, why, why has, I, I hope there's a good answer here, why has Gardner-Webb's campus served uh, as, a, as a benefit for you guys for so many years? Yeah, I, I came upon Gardner-Webb myself, being from the Northeast, and about 20 years ago when I moved down into the Charlotte area to um, take on a position with Carolina Crown. I was in search of a, of a home during the late spring, early summer, uh, where we could uh, basically be parked, uh, very, take, it, take the model of football, uh, NFL football, where they do their pre-training pre and baseball pre-training. And that's what we do to put this production together. Um, since the students come from all over the country, I... I um, petitioned Gardner Webb if they had space. I came out, drove around the campus, and at that time, this is uh, almost 16 years ago. Oh, wow. 17 years ago. We've been here uh, since 2007 was our first year here. Um, part of this atmosphere that we had here with the buildings, it certainly didn't have as much as it has right now. The stadium has been redone. It has AstroTurf fields. The fields are kept immaculately now um, uh, for sports, and we're just like sports. We need like a carpet to be able to march and play on. Um, and the dorms kind of fit what we needed, a small campus environment um, that would take us in and allow us to do what we do. Um, we end up rehearsing um, about 13, 12 to 13 hours a day, um, and the facilities that are here um, fit that 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 note for us as we go in about it. So it's just it's been a, a relationship that is built for years and years. Um, 
and uh, it's a, every year we look to come back, and it's becoming more of a struggle with scheduling and all with all the camps that want to use facilities like this. But we were one of the groups, um, a type of group that found these universities to be a need for us and something that we could offset their their time when school lets out and hopefully bring a little revenue in for the university and be able to do different things of that nature using their facilities year-round. Well, we love having you on our campus, and we, we hope the partnership continues for a long time. I know the, the folks in town are excited about uh, the public performance that you put on at, at, at the end. Do you, do you have a date set for that? Yeah, we do. It's the uh, 26th, uh, June 26th, which is our last uh, Saturday here. Um, sorry, the 25th, not the 26th. 26th is when we check out and leave and go on tour. Um, it's uh, on Saturday evening around 7 o'clock in the evening, 7 to 8. Um, every year we do that first performance, live performance that our students do, full uniform, full production, before they head out on the road. So we usually get 2,500 to 3,500 uh fans a lot of them are local Mm -hmm. Uh, the local people amaze us during the weeks on saturday night or friday or saturday night we end up with maybe 50 or 60 sitting in the stands different saturday nights different nights of the week they'll just be driving around they they know we're here they look for it and it's been a great relationship to have have them to understand what we do they can hear the drums and the horns from a distance if they're walking around campus or driving down main street and and that's where it turns into community. Every night, my wife and I sit in the rocking chairs on the on the back patio and listen to the drums. So <laughs> it's a it's it's a great ambiance. Uh, each year, you have a general theme that you develop for your shows. Talk to us, in, in, unless it's a spoiler. Uh, can you can you give us a, some insight into the developmental process for the program and, and what you're working on for this this season? Yeah, this season's production is called Right Here to Right Now. Um, it's done to be an audience interactive um, engagement uh, where we've also incorporated uh, technology into it. So we don't want people to just sit and watch. And we know everyone lives on their phones nowadays. So we've devoted some um, integrated technology into our music that we want people to have their phones out at different times and look at the phone and watch it flash and watch it do whatever it does. You'll see a lot of that happening in, in, in basketball world and mm-hmm. in, in the NCAA and all. We, we hooked on to that. And uh, so that's a unique ex- perspective. Um, we like to have our students engage with the audience. So the mu- And our audience, the demographics in that range from children of of adolescent age a little bit earlier with parents and um we we sit in front and and do our production about 33 other cities across the u.s um ranges from 5,000 people a night to 20,000 people 25,000 people a night as we get toward closer to the end of the season so this is a building element that we do with our production which is to engage that audience and hopefully this is another aspect of it mm. that will. They're still going to wow about how we sound, see the drill formations interact, and also our color guard and all perform as performers like you would see on a typical halftime production that you would see. 
So Carolina Crown's been at this for decades. What, what's, what's enduring in terms of your principles, um, and, and what's evolved over time? Have you seen any changes? Well, we've seen a lot of changes as we go. And most of the change comes from the students themselves that come as they have developed. Our mission at Carolina Crown is developing lifelong excellence. Um, we, our roots of our activity, drum corps, come from the military where everything was very disciplined. Um, if you see some of the commander's own uh, drum corps and stuff that Marines do and some of the bands that they do, that's where our roots uh, were back in the days. Um, we've now morphed to where we become the, most people look at us as the NFL of the sports world or the Major League Baseball. There's only 20 of us. Um, we tour extensively. Um, we have a small community of maybe about a million people that understand what we do, see it, and are fan based throughout the U.S. and the world. We have kids come from all over the world that want to do this, this activity. We also, have, it's now morphed into, um, at our level, where Crown does, it was at the premium level, you would call it Division One, okay. uh, basically, in, 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 in the university world. Um, 60 to 70% of our students are the next band directors of the world, whether at high school level, middle school level, or university or level. Or right here at Gardner-Webb. Or right here at Gardner-Webb, mm -hmm. which is fine and great to finally see that happen, mm -hmm. where we had somebody here that understands what we do, came through it, but also have that extra touch of how to do this, mm -hmm. what we do. Because of the extensive training we do and the eight weeks, it's 12 weeks total, the eight weeks that we put it out on the road, what they go through they can't pick up in the school, in the daily classes. Um, we talk about discipline. We talk about leadership with them. We talk about the, tr the traits and the skills that are needed to get their students to understand and perform a little bit more. At our level, we really are the coaches. We're not teaching them too much. We're ex letting them experience and engage what they do. Now, you talked a moment ago about the, the kind of global reach of people associated with the program. You've got alumni of your program all around the world. What would they say is the greatest benefit of the Carolina Crown experience for them beyond their time with you? I think it is, number one, it's lifelong engagement and relationships that they build. Um, and they rely on each other as consult as they go into their careers. Um, going back and forth and understanding, since most of them are in that area of development, um, they understand the work ethic that it takes when they move into the career world of what it's going to take with the hours. As I said, the 12 hours a day that we do for those 90 days um, is pretty extensive for them. So they understand when it tough is tough hits you, you get tougher and you let it out of you and you bring it in. So I think that's what they constantly come back to us and say, I learned that ethic back here at Crown. And this summer they'll say they learned how to deal with some heat. Oh, this is one of the, this is of the, well, what's it? 15, 17, 15 years, 17 years, 15 years that we've been here. This is turning out. It was a little rainy early. 
but this one's turning out to be a scorcher right yeah, it's now. It's a scorcher. That's for and sure. uh, but there's I remember two or three other years over that course of time that was that were up there. We used to take the afternoons off when we were uh, not as disciplined or trained before we came in here physically to get through the heat. Um, now we've even come to the point where marching bands have athletic trainers that we wow. have four of them that work with us for the 165 students and they do all the monitoring of the with technology and the globe bulb bulbs that they have out there to see where the heat register and the and the water breaks lots of see, hydration yeah you see our students walk around with a gallon uh, of containers mm-hmm. um they have to uh, and they go through a gallon basically every every two hours um and fill them back up and go back at it again and and do that so so as you know, we've hired a product of your program to come here and help revive the Marching Bulldogs band. Any advice to us as an institution as we try to build something special here? The power sound of the springs, we want to call it. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's, it's exciting to see this new on the horizon. Um, it does take, as you're the president, it does take support of the university from musical instruments to facilities Uh, If you travel the country like we do and see what these high schools have to offer their kids in that area of the performing arts, it's pretty amazing how far it's come. Mm -hmm. It used to be we got the old rusty termite gym that that somebody would shove you in and say, here, do this, rehearse in this. Now it's turned into state-of-the-art facilities. So it takes a lot of support for a university to get to that level. Um, It's a lot of engagement. and that's the one thing I think is needs to be the, the, the biggest part of the exciting future, that if you can make that happen for them, then you will get the students. I use that common phrase no different than we did. If you build it, they will come. Uh, an organization like us, our students happen to, because of some sponsorships and things we have and we're at the highest level, for instance, we give all of our new our students new instruments every year. Now we have a an offset where it's part of it's sponsored. Part of it is we sell them. We have a division of our our, our uh, performing arts that sells used equipment. We use it for ninety days basically, and then we refurbish it. But they're so used to getting an instrument that it's in fine working order. It makes their job easier to learn and to play and to understand how to do those things. So as long as I can raise some money, we'll be good, right? That's, that's the message. You know, that's the key with me. <laughs> with our private organization that, that, that tours, we physically have to raise about a million three right now every year on top of everything else of, of, that we do um, to do that. So, yes. Yeah, we are all in. We are committed to making this a success. So as, as you continue to come back to our campus, we hope to be able to showcase uh, what we're building here as well. So if our listening audience out there wants to know more about you, follow your journey online or through social or figure out how they can become part of Carolina Crown, where should they go? They should start right off the bat with our website and our Facebook page, carolinacrown.org. Um, is the website kind of gives the overview of what our our organization is Um, and then we're on all social media channels we have uh, let's just take talk facebook which is now kind of fading with the other ones that have come along in different different manners but we have 140 150 um, active engaged fans and friends 
that want to do that. So that's a, a good place to get a lot of the information that's ongoing. And then, of course, Instagram and and and, and every other You're social. You're not Snapchatting, are you? Yeah, uh, maybe, no, maybe I'm some not. TikToking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. They're doing some TikToking. We had one that we did here last year, had um, uh, over two million views. Oh wow! Um, it was a simple we our color guard simple rifle toss that they c- kind of competed with each other who can do it the best, and uh, it went viral real quick, cool. real quick. Cool. But it was cool to be on campus here and, and see that happen. Well, Jim Coates, I, I hate to send you back out into the heat, but uh, we, we are grateful for uh, you being uh, a guest on Bulldog Dialogue here today. We're always happy to have Carolina Crown on our campus at Gardner-Webb. We hope that this extends deep into the future. Thanks so much and continued good luck to you and your program. Thank you so much. And I, I will reach out to everyone. All the support that you have on your staff that helps us through our times that are here and before that has been superb over the years. I personally have been engaged with all of them over that period of time, and I I certainly hope it continues also. Fantastic. All right, listeners, I invite you to stick around after this break as we explore some social engagements here at Gardner-Webb. We'll be right back. Ignite your purpose at Gardner-Webb University, where you'll cultivate your strengths and passions in meaningful ways. Through academic experiences, internships, and research opportunities, you will be prepared to succeed and serve your community. Discover more at gardner-web.edu. Welcome back, everybody, to Bulldog Dialogue. Gardner-Webb University President William Downs here again. We're going to take a quick look at Gardner-Webb on social media before we wrap things up. A few things we wanted to share with you first in the world of Twitter, Gardner-Webb alumnus Blake McCandless took our brand new uh, Bulldog logo, placed it on his racing machine for the Hickory Speedway, Hickory Motor Speedway, and uh, boy, what a good look there. Um, I don't believe our dog has ever run faster. Went to the Jack Ingram Memorial Race uh, a recent Saturday ago in Hickory, and uh, boy, what a what a great look for that new piece of uh, Gardner Webb iconography. There you go, iconography. That's the word. Thank you, Richard McDevitt. Uh, follow Blake McCandless on Twitter at Mister F for Speed. He's part of Huffman Racing, and uh, thanks for the shout out for our brand new bulldog. Staying on Twitter, Coach Alex Simmons, our women's head basketball coach. She's at uh, AP Sims 2, shouting out her support for the brand new look at Paul Porter Arena. We have a a great time-lapse photography, 15 days of court renovation in 75 seconds, a brand new floor for our men's and women's basketball team, volleyball, wrestling, cheerleading, uh, a great new look. Coach Alex says everything starts somewhere. It's the passion, loyalty, vision, and most importantly, trust that keeps it going. So she's stoked about the new look in the LYCC and Paul Porter Arena. Follow Coach Alex Sims at AP Sims 2. Finally, uh, yours truly, Gardner-Webb president. I'm on Twitter, too. Gardner Webb Prez. 
Uh, that's with an S, not a Z. Uh, I recently posted my appreciation uh, for the successes of some of our May 22 graduates. Um, our Career Center uh, doing a great job letting the Bulldog Nation know where some of our recent graduates have been hired. J.C. Plummer, class of 22, hired as a registered nur- nurse for Atrium uh, in Shelby, North Carolina. Alita Cody, class of 22, hired as a registered nurse, Oconee Memorial Hospital in Seneca, South Carolina. Chloe Townsend, class of 22, hired as a Spanish teacher in Shelby. Brandon Bright, also a class of 22, hired as enterprise operations analyst for Wells Fargo in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hashtag hire a bulldog. Follow me on Twitter at Gardner Web Prez. That's Gardner Webb on social media. Thanks again for joining us here on Bulldog Dialogue, folks. You can find and subscribe to official Gardner Webb podcasts like these on your favorite platforms like Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Music, Amazon Podcast, and Audible. Until next time for Bulldog Dialogue, I'm Gardner Webb President William Downs. Let's go dogs. <laughs>